This is the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. As the director of a life coach training program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve the skills and the industry. Learn more about our program at teamclcc.com. And here's today's episode. All right, we are in season three of The Craft of Coaching. Awesome. Loving that because when I first did season one, I was kind of like, oh, I want to try out a podcast, but I don't know. Am I going to like it? Is it going to be something I want to do? And yeah, I'm totally having fun with it. And uh, we've started to get emails requesting that we, that I cover certain topics on the podcast. And so I was like, all right, then we got an email from someone who has a group coaching related question. Um, and it was a great question to be addressed because I actually, in addition to directing the Courageous Living Coach Certification, once a year, I run, I run a three-month program called Facilitate with Impact. And it is not just for coaches, but for the most part, coaches end up wanting to participate. And it's all about how to create a course that truly engages people and leaves an impact. And then how do you facilitate a group coaching environment, a group learning environment in a way that's really masterful. We've all had those teachers in school where, you know, kind of like Charlie Brown, they get up in front of everybody and you feel like they're going wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and we're aiming for something better than that, right? There are a lot of online e-courses, signature programs, retreats, workshops, one days, you know, stuff like that. Anything group is what Facilitate with Impact helps people with. So it was just the perfect question to get at this time. So here's the question, and then I'll talk about powerful group coaching. So this person who emailed us said that she was coaching a group and that the group, as she put it, was not cohering. So they were, It's. I'm not talking about comprehension. I'm not talking about cohering as in coherent, I am talking about cohere as in to cohere, to be unified. There was a lack of unity among the group. And what do you do about that? What do you do when you've got, let's just say hypothetically, one person who's super independent, another person who's maybe a little more codependent, a little more looking to the cues of the group before they will make a move, Another person who is just so mired in their own resistance that they can't see the forest for the trees. And they're all kind of looking to you as teacher to fix it rather than uniting with one another and doing something co-created. Now in the Courageous Living Coach Certification and in Facilitate with Impact, in coaching in general, I talk a lot about the importance of co-creation. The coaching relationship is not supposed to be a guru model. It is not supposed to be the coach has all the answers, the client comes to you for all the answers. By all means, as a coach, sometimes you are going to reflect to a client the bigger picture of what you see that the client might not be seeing. 
but that's not providing an answer for the client. Your job as coach is to be asking questions, mirroring things back, presenting multiple points of view for a client to consider around any of the problems that she brings to the coaching environment. The same thing is also true in group coaching. And of course, group coaching can get a little bit more complicated because you've got all these personalities in the room. So if you are running a group coaching course and you're noticing a lack of cohering, a lack of motivation, a lack of unity, a lack of rapport among the people who are together, what do you do? Well, first of all, I think it's helpful to just bring a little context. And it is that sometimes you are just going to have some bad classrooms. Bad not as in the people, but bad as in it just doesn't gel. I used to be a college professor. And whenever I took on a full-time load of courses, I'd take four courses. I'd, I'd be teaching four courses, 120 students a semester. So these days, <laughs> it's a lot easier <laughs> because for you know, the Courageous Living Coach Certification, we accept a maximum of 60 people, plus I have facilitators who also help me to teach the course to give more personal attention. But when I was a college professor, it was 120 people, and it was all me, <laughs> and a lot of grading. <laughs> so I very much understand what it can be like to be in this situation where you really, really want the group to come together. You really, really want everyone to come on board. And despite your best efforts, people just aren't getting there. And so there's context that is important. And, and the context is sometimes for reasons that, I don't know, maybe it's astrological, maybe it's your skill set just needs to evolve in some way and you aren't aware yet. Maybe it's that you just got a confluence of different factors happening all at the same time and they just aren't... It, it, this goes under, here's where it goes under. It goes under, shit happens, okay? So first, context. Now, when you have taught a couple of courses and each time you're feeling like something didn't quite gel, if you've done a couple of small group workshops, a couple of email e-courses and you aren't seeing the engagement, a couple of retreats or workshops and you felt like things could be better and you weren't sure, like, is it my confidence? Is it me and my skill set? Am I just being insecure? What's going on? That's when I think it's time to look deeper and go, what else might be happening here? So let's say you've got this group, this group coaching environment, and you've got a couple team members that are not really aligning with your vision as the teacher or, or sort of leader of the group, or they're just not establishing a rapport with one another, what do you do? Well, the first thing that I would encourage you to do, anyone to do, is to really look at and assess individual motivation. So go back to the drawing board a little bit. This is one of the reasons why with the Courageous Living Coach Certification, we start with this really in-depth, intensive application. This is the reason why most coaches that I know, I don't think I know any, in fact, who don't require some pretty intensive pre-session questions at the start of any working relationship. You want to know, who is this person? I mean, for as much as you can know that, who is this person? And what's important to them? And what is it that they really, really want? What's motivating them? 
And it's also helpful to know, in addition to what's motivating them, what is it that they're fearing? What is it that they're fearing might happen in their lives if they don't change? If I've got a group of people and I'm noticing that a couple of them are just like too afraid to take a move and a couple of them are like tapping their feet going, you know, like, let's get going already. And a couple of them have authority issues with me that aren't even about me or anything about me, but it's just like kind of what they do with authority. What I try to do is come back to the motivation that would have had them get into the room in the first place. So when I was a a college professor, I would try to speak to the fact that, and I try to do this on the first day, I understand that everybody in here really wants an A. But even more than an A, I understand that everybody in here, you don't want to waste your time. Because if you get the A, but it's completely irrelevant to your life this entire time, that that's like the bigger thing that sucks. What we, What you really want is you want to learn something. And I believe that people are always hungry to learn something if they can find that it's relevant to their lives and if it's useful. So I want you to know, the class, that I am doing everything that I can to try to make this content useful. And usually that's when I would launch into saying, here are the books we're going to go over this semester. Here's what we're going to be studying and why. Here's how you could apply it to your life. Here's how you could apply it to your career. In a personal growth-related context, Something that I try to remember that everybody shows up wanting is connection. If we're in a group, whether I'm teaching you about overwhelm, whether I'm teaching you the coaching skill set, whether I'm teaching you how to facilitate with Facilitate with Impact, whether I'm teaching you how to really feel sovereign over your life. And ooh, you're getting first, first dibs. I am rolling out a new program that's all about feeling sovereign in your life. It's coming. It's coming. But check out yourcourageouslife.com and you'll you'll get the updates and everything. But, but you're the first people I'm telling. Um, regardless of what I'm teaching, all those examples. People want connection. They want to feel connected to other people who are on the journey alongside them. They want to know that they matter. They want to be connected to themselves enough to know I matter. They want to be connected to the material and to what they're learning. They want to feel like I entered at this entry point in this learning experience and then I am leaving that entry point at this other learning experience. So if you're having problems with a group cohering, that is the first place that I would say take a look. What are people's individual motivations and then across the board What is everybody wanting that they have in common? So what's motivating them? What do they want? And how is that something that they all have in common that you can keep tying back to? It's just as if it was a sports team. If it was a sports team, I, you know, I'm certainly not a coach of a sports team, but one assumes that what the team wants is to have fun, to score a lot of points. (laughs) I feel I'm, I'm thinking right now of one of the other Uh, lead coaches for Courageous Living Coach Certification, Lara Heacock. We don't know a lot about sports, and we joke a lot. We'll be like, sports ball? It's just all sports ball. Um, So if you're you're on a sports ball team, you want the points, you want to win. You want to get advance as much as you can within your division. And that's just really normal. And then players might have individual personal goals as well. 
Maybe they want to get just a little bit faster. Maybe they want to feel like, I don't know, they, they do some individual skill within the overall game just a little bit better. So when you know what the motivational factors are and you connect those to the group, you can also identify patterns of disconnect that are happening in the group. And one thing that I try to do to avoid making someone feel self-conscious once that we are all together is to try to just name the patterns from the get-go. So instead of waiting for someone to feel really, really resistant before I go, hey, so some people are feeling really resistant and it might look like blowing off the uh, weekly call for our group. Instead of saying that right after, you know, Mary Jane, whoever has just blown off the weekly call for the group, at which point me saying that might make her feel called out. And that's not my intention. I'm actually trying to help, but I need to name something that's awkward to name. Instead of waiting for that, saying it from the get-go, starting with whatever your values are for that group. In CLCC, everything I do, one of the things we say from the get-go is we are not going to collude with perfectionism, which means you are going to see us make mistakes. You are going to see us not do things correctly. And you are not going to do things correctly. You're going to make mistakes too. And how we as an organization do not collude with perfectionism is we don't expect you to be perfect. We don't finger wag at you when you're not perfect. We come together around trust, the value of trust. Because if you are not perfect and you make a mistake, but you own it with transparency, we will trust you. That's what keeps the group together. If we make a mistake, we will not be perfect. And if we own that with transparency, you will trust us. But if everybody runs around trying to go finger pointing blame, you should have done it better, that doesn't cultivate trust. So we won't do that to you. And we're asking you to be mindful when we make mistakes. Are you going to do that with us? So whatever your values are, whatever you've noticed from what you've gleaned from the group coaching experience in the past, refer to that again from the get-go. And then whenever you notice that that dynamic arises, name it within the group. And because you've been naming it from the get-go, it's not this thing where you're pointing fingers at the two people in the group who are having that come up. It's that you're being really open and honest, like totally normal. I'm normalizing the fact that this resistance has come up and here's how it might look. The other thing that I think can be really helpful for bringing a group together to cohere is to keep painting the high vision of what's possible for everyone when they succeed. And this is something I I knew, but I was reminded of one year from the incredible coach, Laura Sims, S-I-M-M-S. She is over at withlaurasims.com and actually she's been interviewed for the Craft of Coaching podcast. She is super smart. And I was having, I've, I've launched multiple courses. (laughs) I've, I've taught multiple courses over the years, thousands of students. It's kind of staggering. I've been teaching for, gosh, I can't even remember, uh, 2002 since 2002 now. Um, is that right? It might even be earlier anyway. So it's been a long time. I've taught thousands of people at this point. Um, if we count you know, situations where I've taught for courses that had hundreds of people enrolled and and stuff like that. And I had a course where things were not going well and I was really 
you know, the forest for the trees could not see it. And um, some of you might know that I published a book in 2018. It's called The Courage Habit. And it, it's through a traditional publisher. You can find it on Amazon. And there are four parts to what I found when researching that book to be the courage habit. Um, and one of them is if you want to boost emotional resilience, encouraging your life, you got to reach out and create community when you are struggling. So I tried to take my own medicine. And I had this one course that was just not going very well. I mean, it wasn't like a total crash and burn, but it, it was definitely not where I wanted it to be. And I was chatting with Laura Sims and I was telling her about it. I'm like, just going, what do you do when da 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 is happening? And she reminded me to, I think the way she put it was, remind people of what's possible. So the way I'm putting it is that remind, you know, remind people of what's possible, but I'm talking about like big vision, like again, going back to motivation, but this time really focusing on potential outcomes. One of the things that I try to help people remember in the Courageous Living Coach certification when they're struggling around like, you know, the overwhelm hits for everybody at some point of, am I really going to become a coach and like grow a business or get hired by a company to be their in-house coach or, you know, like, are those things really possible? And one thing I try to remind them of is everybody starts with zero. I started with zero. Every coach on the planet starts with zero. Why do we forget this? It's a good thing to remember. You know, if you're ever looking at somebody who's this really talented athlete, like maybe an Olympic gold medalist in their division, you know, you go, oh, they're just born that way. Well, well yeah, sure, they might have some kind of genetic advantage or some kind of talent, but if they don't show up and do the work, they sure as hell don't get there. And everybody starts with zero. Every single person on the planet who's ever run a marathon started not being able to run a mile. We forget that. And I think the same thing is true with everybody that we work with, with everybody who is going after a dream. So whatever your group coaching context is, when you are leading people, remind them, here's how good it's going to feel when you are not controlled by the alarm clock. When your life is your own, here's how good it's going to feel when you get to do things your way. It's a really helpful thing to remind people of. It's not your job as a coach to motivate people. You can't do that anyway. It's actually to lead people and to remind them to keep buying back into their own vision. And anyone who isn't bought into that vision, that's their choice. You know, you'll spend X amount of time on interventions and trying to say, hey, we want you with us. Here's what's possible. And then at a certain point, it's all on you, boo. It's your choice. You get to opt into this vision or not, and that's okay. So that's what I have to say about how you bring a group together in a group coaching context. As always, you know where to find me online, right? Instagram, Kate Courageous, uh, yourcourageouslife.com. If you want to learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification, that's at teamclcc.com. And of course, there's Facilitate with Impact. And I hope to see you around.